You are listening to a message from Life City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at lifecitychurchhouston.org. And now with you, today's message. Resounded even more after reading this scripture. And over and looking at it, the last part that from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. In other words, you have been validated. You have been validated. A lot of times we feel that we feel invalid. We feel that, that because of issues and things that come in our life and maybe bad, bad decisions, bad choices, we feel that invalidation. But God is telling you today, this morning, right now, going into this afternoon, that you are validated. You are validated. God has chosen you for the, such a time as now, such a time as this. Such a time with the people that you are with, the places that you work, the the people that you are involved in. This is a time such as now for you to understand that you have been validated. Now the enemy wants to disprove you and he wants to not make you feel validated. But God is telling you today that you have been accepted that you are not rejected. And in this topic and everything that, that uh, the verses that I just finished reading, I found a verse in Habakkuk, chapter 1, verse 5, that gives me a good introduction to seeing how God sees things in our lives and the message back then, how we can apply it to today. So if you would, if you would go with me to Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5, and this is where we're going to take off. Our first beginning verse was just an introduction to, so that you'll know that you are a chosen generation, that you are a chosen people, that you are a chosen individual. And I don't care if, if, if you have maybe one parent, two parents right now, or if, if, you're, if you're being raised by an aunt or an uncle, you have been accepted. And God's plan is unfolding in your life like never before. So let's go to Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5. And let's get, let's get past our introduction on this. It says in Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5, God says, and God's speaking now, and this is the words that he is saying. First of all, he's saying, look, look, look around at the godless nations. Look long and hard. Brace yourself for a shock. Something's about to take place. And you're going, you're going to find it hard to believe. You're going to find it hard to believe. In other words, I love this verse from this message, this message, because one, just when you thought that God had forgotten these people, just when you think that God had forgotten you, all of a sudden he tells them to look. He tells them to look. And he tells them, look and see what I'm going to do. 
Not only in your life, but in your family's life and where you are. You see, the opportunity of time, the opportunity of a moment, sometimes it's critical. For example, a photographer waits for that perfect moment and that moment to seize that moment in time and to take that perfect picture being at the right place and the right time. He's wait. They wait for that opportune moment and try to capture it on a picture. The baseball player waits for that exact right pitch. That pitch that he knows can he, that he can knock it out the park. But he waits for that right pitch, that right time. And not only that, the right time comes. The right time comes. Rather, you feel that you're being oppressed by the enemy, that you feel the net of oppression on you. Rather, you feel it or not, you're still in the right place. Right place. For example, look at the verse we just finished reading. The, uh, the second verse. He says, God is telling him this. He says, look. Look at the godless. Look at the godless. Take a look at them. See how they conduct their ways. See how, see how they treat each other. See how they talk about each other. See how they conduct themselves one with another. How there is that biting at each other's neck, so to speak, and, and, and always having that anger and always raising their voice. Look at the godless he is telling them. See how they are conducting themselves. And this is what he's telling them also. He says, look how they're doing without me. So he's telling them, you got to check this out. You have to be able to see this because if you don't see it, then you're going to be like them. If you don't see me, you're going to be like the others and you're going to be exactly like them. Our opening verse tells us everything. We are a chosen people. We're different. We are chosen. So he's telling them, look. Look at the way they're acting. See how they're doing without me. Oh, you remember that walk? You remember that time frame when you were walking without God? Come on. You remember that time when you were alone, when you were hurting? You were caught in your own drunken vomit. You remember them times. You were caught up and so strung out that they, they were barely able to bring you back. But you know what? God is telling you this morning. Look. Look at the ungodless. Look at the, uh, the godless. Look at the way they're, they're acting. Look at the way they're doing things without me. Look at the way they're living their lives. He says, pay attention. Because you're different. You're not like them. You're different. So God is not only telling them, you're validated, you're accepted. Don't let the world tell you otherwise. Don't let the world guide you into their pattern, but be separate. Walk different, talk different, speak different, conduct yourself with, conduct your ways different, because I am your God. So he says, look. He says, when he tells them to look, and he tells them to look hard. Look at what he's telling them. He's telling them to get details. To get details. Don't just look at them. Don't just watch them go by. Don't just, he says, get some details. 
Get some details on how they're doing things. Because in other words, I want you to do things different. I want you to do things different. I don't want you to do things the same way. I don't want you to follow after that same pattern. I want you to do things different. So he says, get some details. Get some details. He says, they search, but they'll never find. They're always searching, but they'll never find it. In other words, they're always trying to fulfill a desire. They're always trying to fulfill that emptiness within them because they don't have God in their life. They've chosen to live their life without him. So he's telling them, you need to look at this. Not only that, he's telling them, since you're paying attention to them, since you're looking at them, since you're getting details of their lives, he says, well, we might as well look at their struggles. How are they doing without me? Look at their struggles. Look at, look at the struggles, not only their, their now struggles, but look at their past struggles. All the way so-and-so was the grandfather. That's the way the son is. And now here the new son is taking over. Oh, so-and-so, she's just like her tia, the same way. She changed over the same exact way, living a pattern of generational curse, past generational curse, past generational curse. But I'm here to tell you this day that the curse has been broken you are a chosen generation there's a bloodline of Jesus that goes through you you are different God is speaking to someone today he says look at their struggles their struggles come from generation to generation look at them but he's telling them look also he says, look for a shocking change. Look for a, a shocking change. And I'm going to come down here for a minute. It's because I got my reading glasses on and I can only see so far. But if I get over here, I can see your expression. And I can see if I'm really getting to you. If not, then I'll have to just find another message. He's telling them, look, look long and hard. In other words, get ready for a shock. Get ready for a shock. So what he's telling them here is when he's telling them, get ready for a shock. He's telling them, he's telling us this, discover him, discover God in a way that you never have before. Discover him in a way that you never have before. It wasn't about a week or so ago when I, I, I was hearing a message from Tony Evans on the radio, and then, and then I, he was preaching a message on, the, on Psalm 23, and of course we all heard Psalm 23. I don't know how many messages I've heard on Psalm 23, and then, you know, how God is, and he's a, he's a shepherd, and he's, he wants to be your guide, and so on and so on, and, and, and I was, you know, paying attention attentively, but uh, he got to this one part when he says, and in the valley, when you're in the valley, and you find yourself that you cannot make it anymore, then, then that's when God is speaking to your life ever so strongly because he wants you to discover him in a different way. He wants you to discover him in a different way, to see him now in the valley because a lot of times that's what happens. We don't see God. We say, we say well, God, you can't be in this situation. I've gone through so much. I've gone through so much hurt. I've gone through so much pain. How could you be in this valley with me? That's when God says, look for me. Look for me in the valley. Look at the way I can get you out. Look at the way that I can lift you out of this valley. Discovering God in a different way. Discovering him and how he can do this for you. 
Have you discovered him in a different way? Oh, but you see, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah, but how are you discovering him? How are you discovering that today? How are you discovering the God of your future? He says, look surprised. <laughs> look surprised when it happens. Because you won't believe it. <laughs> Ever happened to you? Look surprised when it happens. But the only ones that are no surprise is Polly Dad's. Says, I'm pregnant. What? You're pregnant? We've been doing this for a long time and you're pregnant? I'm not going to get into yesterday's and here and that, but he said, what? Surprised. Surprised. There's a surprise coming over your life. Psalm 66, verse 5 tells us this. He says, come. He's telling them, come. But he's telling them also, he's telling them to look, in other words, and see what God has done. Come and see what God has done. The amazing things he has done for his people. He invites. Come and see. Come and see what God is doing in, 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 in my life. Come and see what God is doing in my family's life. Come and see the changes that is happening over us. Come and see what God is doing. You'll be amazed. Because from where we were and to where we are now, God has brought us a long way. God has brought us a long way. Unless you don't want to see your ways change, then let it continue on. Let it continue on from generation to generation. Let it move on from, from father to father, from brother to mother. Let it go on. But God is saying, no. Look. Just look what I have done. Look what the Lord has done. And he says, I don't want to know anything else but only about you, Lord. I don't know how you made it without him up to this point. We can't make it without him. We need to show the things that God has done. We need to tell others of what, the God, of what God has done in our lives. We need to show the, the greatness of God. How he changed your life. How he's worked in your family. How he's healed and, I, and the things that he has done. A lot of times it's not so much for people to see. But so that you'll know that God is with you. God is with you, that he has not forsaken you, and he has not left you. He has not left you. Your yesterday may, may be involving hurt, pain. You may be involved in that. People that hurt you. People that let you down. People that still look at you from a yesterday's point. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? People still judging you by a yesterday's mistake. But you see, they're not seeing the you now. They're seeing a yesterday. They don't know. They don't know that God has done the work in your life. They don't know the changes that, is, that have come over in your life. They don't see what the, the, the good things that God, what God is doing. I don't know about you, but I know when 
when, when folks try to bring you down and try to take you into a yesterday's pattern, then that's the time that you step in and you say, no, that was a part of my life that is yesterday. You may try to bring it back, but if God is not bringing it back in my life, if God is showing me forgiveness, if God is showing me deliverance, if God is showing me restoration, if God is changing things in my life, then I'm not involved into yesterday. I'm involved in a today because God has my destiny all in check. He has everything in check. You remember the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And Jesus is going, the crowd is following him. He's going through Jericho. But he stops to speak to a tax collector. Now at this point, everybody is saying, now why is he talking to him? Why is he addressing him at this time? He's telling, he stops and he looks at him and he tells him, I need to go to your house today. First of all, this man is a cheat. This man lied. This man was able to manipulate the system to work in his favor because he wasn't doing anything unlawfully because he would have been arrested. But because he was manipulating the system to work in his favor. He had more enemies than friends. And everybody knew it. So when Jesus is addressing himself to this man, and he's calling him down, and he's telling him, I need to be in your place today. So everyone is saying, well, what is he doing? But you see, Jesus saw someone that was going to be transformed. Jesus saw someone that was going to give back to the people. Jesus saw an individual that even though now they were calling him a, a lie, a cheater, but something greater was going to come out of his life. God prepares things in advance in your life that you're not even aware of. You're not even aware of. He's doing things futuristic so that he can not only use your life, but that you would be prepared to walk into his purpose. Look, Jesus saw him, and he saw that transformation that was going to take place in his life. This is the transformation I'm talking about. Not only did he receive and feel that God had, had, had looked upon him and gave him that forgiveness and gave him a new direction in his life, but the transforming power and the convincing power to the people was this, that he began giving back. He began giving back. And now the people say, now we believe him. Now we believe that God is coming to his life because not only is he doing this, was he doing this, but now he's giving back. He's giving back. That is the power of feeling rejected, I mean accepted and validated. When you know God has done the work, you give back. You want to tell someone. You want to give it out. You don't want to hold it in. You want to be able to share it with someone else. And that was him. That was Zacchaeus at this time. Giving back. Giving back what Jesus had done for him. So here's my question to you. So what did Jesus see in you? What did Jesus see in you? What made Jesus stop 
and see you. He saw a great woman of God. He saw a great man of God. He saw an individual that he could change. He didn't only stop there. He gave you a purpose and a plan that is unfolding. Let me keep on going here so that you understand where, where we are going with this. What about the people? The people that you know that have wronged you, but they still keep that distance. They keep on distancing themselves from God. Well, it goes like the saying, you can run, but you can't. Oh, I see some of y'all have done that already. You know that path. I should stop preaching right there and make an altar call. You can run, but you cannot hide. The psalmist knows that all too well. But in this book of Habakkuk, in this chapter that we, that we opened up with, it gives us that, especially about the people of Judah. You see, in this chapter that we read in Habakkuk, they're going to be blindsided, the people of Judah. They're going to be blindsided to the, to the point they're going to feel that God is against them. But you see, God still has a greater plan for their lives. In other words, he's telling them, brace yourself for the shock. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. Allow me to give you the translation to the word shock. God is going to blow you out of the water. That's your translation. Translation, in my opinion, to the word shock is God is going to blow you out of the water. Who would ever think that God would use an individual like myself, like you, to perform the great works of God? All it takes, God may be using your life to hit, to minister to one, 100, or even more. But that one person that needs to hear is going to hear the message from you to be transformed. You see, but this is the greatest shock. I didn't think it would ever happen to me. I didn't think it would ever happen to me. Just because you were caught off guard doesn't mean that God, doesn't mean that God has to work immediately because you were caught off guard. Because you were blindsided by something. Habakkuk was shocked when Josiah, when Josiah wasn't, uh, when Josiah was killed, the prophet was disillusioned and he was now, mis he was feeling misguided. He had great expectations for Josiah, for bringing them reform, change, giving the people a new direction. He felt that this was the man to do it. But Habakkuk and, his peop and the people were blindsided with this. You see, a lot of times when you're shocked with the crisis, when it hits home, it hits home hard. Uh, or do you find yourself with more questions? You know how we always ask those questions. God, why? Why are you doing this? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening? Instead of asking Lord, what do you want me to do? It's always why. Why this? Why did I have to waste those years? Why did I have to spend that time lost? Why? Because God has chose you for a time such as this.
In an era where they were, there were political fights, where there was uh, social injustice, Habakkuk announces his complaint to God. And it comes with the greatest message of today, which is don't allow socialism to dictate God's response in your life. Don't allow it. Because everybody is, 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 uh, is responding doesn't mean that you have to respond. You wait on God. You wait on God for your life. Wait on God. Don't move until you know he is there. Don't take a step in you until you know that, that you're believing and trusting God for the next provision. Because you know that God will never, never fail you. He has everything that you need. So Habakkuk was caught up in this prophetic prophecy. He, he's given the word that God has told him. He's telling the people, you didn't cause this, but you're going to go through it. You didn't cause this hurt, this pain, but you're going to go through it. Isn't that a word of encouragement? All this pain that's happening, all this hurt, people, I want you all to know, it's not your fault, but you're going to suffer the consequences of it. You're going to go through all this hurt. You're going to go through all this, all this pain. It's not your doing, but you're going to go through it. So your response is, why? Why do we have to go through it? Why is it our turn, our time to receive this? Habakkuk has given him this message of God is still with you. And he wants that message to sink in. And I want this message to also sink into your heart, into your mind today. I don't want us to leave this place until you know without a shadow of a doubt that God is still with you. You may, you may have walked in those, those front doors with a load of pain and hurt on your life. You may have walked in those doors still with something in your veins, in your system. You may have walked in those doors with a night of struggle and pain and hurt. But you see, I want to tell you this, that God's people, God's people, God's chosen people, we have to be a people that accept, not reject. Knowing that God is the one that does the work, not us. We are only to tell people that there is a Savior, that there is a Deliverer. There is one that can take your pain. There is one that can show you a new direction, that can turn you around from where you're at. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus. The answer is in Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. There may be some things that you've been a part of, not by choice, that you were rolled up into it. Not by choice. Not by choice. But God wants to show you his power and his deliverance. Hmm. God is with you. Habakkuk was in a situation. Here's, here's what uh, the spokesperson of that time, he's the spokesperson of that time. In Habakkuk 1.6, he says, I will use the Babylonians, those cruel and wild, wild people who march across the earth and take lands that don't belong to them. These are the evil people, the corrupt that I'm going to use. 
I'm going to use them to show you that I am with you. That even though they do what they, whatever they want, I'm going to show you that I'm with you. Babylonians are going to sweep over you, and I'm letting them. Understand this. God's telling them, I'm letting them. I'm letting them sweep over you. The people that brought you hurt, I'm letting them. The people that dragged you through the mud, I'm letting them. The people that are bringing you hurt and suffering, I'm letting them. But I want you to know, he's telling them the message that is resounding through, the, through these verses. That I am still with you. I have not forgotten you. You may feel forgotten. You may feel lonely. You may feel that you're going through it all by yourself. But I'm here to give you this message today. You're not alone. You have been validated. You are not rejected. You are accepted. And God tells you that today. He's telling them. The ones that stole from you, I'm letting them. Did God allow the unexplainable sickness that had come over you? Did God allow the family member's death that's happened in your family? Did God allow that person close to you that reminded you of your past mistakes and failures? If he allowed Joseph to go from the pit to the palace to show his glory, he's going to be in your life. And even if you know it or not, he will deliver you. He will deliver you. That's God's promise. That's God's word that he will deliver you. God will let you go through some of these unexpected things. Yes, there's hurt. But there's a greater purpose still ahead. Yes, you've been through, you know, you've, you've been through a lot. But let me tell you this. Let me repeat it. There's still a greater purpose for you. Psalm 30. Let me encourage you with this verse. Psalm 30 verse 5. His anger lasts for only a moment. But his kindness lasts for a lifetime. Crime may last for the night. But joy, joy comes in the morning. Stop. Let me, hear, let, me, let me give you a little shaking right now. Stop having a guilt trip. Stop having a guilt trip over your, over your past failures and mistakes. Stop bringing them into play. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. That's God's grace. I don't understand God's grace sometimes. All I know is that you could be the worst of sinners, and God still says, Come in, mijo. Come in, mija. I love you, and I want to show you how much I love you. That's God's grace. That's God's grace. God's grace. Is everlasting. Habakkuk's, Habakkuk's second complaint in verse 12 is this. He says, Lord, are you, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, 
have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. He calls out in the second complaint. Habakkuk's plea is to overlook. That's what he's telling them. Lord, if you could just overlook this for this one time. Even if he was to deliver them, the leadership would still take them back down into the same predicament. So when God changes, he not only changes your life, but he changes the situation around you. You see, that's, deliver that's God's delivering power. If you've never read Exodus chapter 6 on God's deliverance, read it. Read it, 6 and 7, verses 6 through 7. See, not only he takes you out, he takes you out. He took the people of Israel out of Egypt. He took them out. He needs to get you out of that situation first. Once he gets you out of that situation, he changes up your situation. He puts you around people that can not only help you, but guide you, sharpen you, and be there for you like never before. Let me keep on going here because I'm running out of time. And I just have a few minutes to close up, and I got one more section to finish. The people of Israel had to feel the defeat of Ai when they left the people, the, the, uh, when they left Egypt. They had to feel the defeat of Ai to get a great victory in Jericho. They had to feel it. They had to feel that. The leaders of the people, they ignored the spiritual reasons for the material prosperity. This is the high thought that they were thinking. They thought God's favor could be enjoyed without interruption. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. When God says, I need to get your attention, he will get your attention. He will get your attention. Let me say that again because I feel that this is sinking into, into someone. When God needs to get your attention... He will get your attention. He will get your attention. He will stop you in your tracks. He will stop you in your way. You may be, you may be confused. You may be hurting. You may be on your knees. But he will get your attention when he's calling to you. Okay, look. I want to finish with this. Praise the worship team. You can come on up. I can conclude. Well, you all get up here. Hallelujah. When the spies in Jericho, uh, when they went to Jericho, and they started spying out the, out the, the place, when they got to, the, to Rams, uh, the prostitute, she started telling them, we heard of that God is with you all. We heard how God has delivered you. Read it. You know, everything that she told them at that time was all truth. God was with them. God delivered them. But notice how she didn't talk about any defeats. She only spoke of, we know that God is with you. We know that God is with you. When you have a God that will never leave you, you never leave God. You never leave him. If he has proven for you time and time again, why would you want to leave him? Oh, but you know the circumstances around me, man. It's hurt me so bad. I didn't know what to do. Let me tell you this. Don't go back to 
something that you ran from, go to the one that has brought you through time and time again. Time and time again.